Welcome to Lobster Brain, the podcast that shows you that you can rewire your brain through neuroplasticity. We know about that from studying lobsters. When lobsters fight, their brains change, so both winner and loser can cope with their change in status. As humans, our brains can be rewired too. But unlike lobsters, if we lose, we can still win again in the future. In this podcast, you'll hear from highly successful people, or as we'll be calling them, top lobsters, to discover that with the right mindset, you can bounce back from tough times to be more resilient and win again. I'm Danny Donerkey. And I'm Lisa Morton. And in this episode of Lobster Brain, you're going to hear from Jordan Hames. Jordan is a successful entrepreneur and influencer who works with brands like Tom Ford, John Paul Gaultier, Gucci, and many more. I absolutely love this conversation. And to me, Jordan's a top lobster because he's always growing a new shell. Lobsters shed their entire skin and it's called an exoskeleton. And I didn't know that. So each time they grow, they shed it and they get a new shell to accommodate that growth. And it feels to me that Jordan is only 28, but he's been doing that for so many years already. And it's fascinating to to understand that approach of his to life. Yeah, I feel like he started that, Lisa, didn't he, when he chose to go to a different city when he was young. And like you say, it feels like he's lived about 10 lifetimes in such a short space. And I think you're going to learn how to set a target and how to come out of your comfort zone and push yourself beyond the limiting beliefs that you currently have. Jordan's a great exponent of doing that in life. Yeah, absolutely, Danny. And you're also going to learn about how to be in the moment, the importance of gratitude, which comes across so strongly in this conversation. Also, how to embrace other people's criticism of you and actually use that to your advantage in your growth. And what I really love is how to be brave and create space around yourself so you can grow. So we recorded this conversation early on a Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago. I pulled in and there's Danny walking ahead of me swinging his water bottle and I just thought that Jordan had let us down and he wasn't coming. But uh, as we will soon find out, it had a quite a late night the night before. I was supposed to pick you up this morning and I got no. a text from you at 2.30am saying, I'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, so what's that's, going on? That's kind of my life. I can't just live it and, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Adjust to what I'm doing. But I thought, obviously I'm in Manchester, I don't spend a lot of time here. I was catching up with some friends last night and thought, let me just, let me just stay in town. So I booked a little hotel last minute and um, here I am. Nice. So you were speaking about Manchester before yeah, uh, before yeah. we got on and um, a story about your dad from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. hear that story. Yeah, yeah. So my dad moved from Ghana to Manchester in the 80s and his dad, um, he was he worked in construction. He was like a big in construction in Ghana and he was kind of moving around the world. So he sent a handful of his kids overseas and it was either going to be South Korea because at the time South Korea was completely open um, or Manchester. And I think he sent one, uh, my dad's brother to South Korea and it didn't kind of, kind of nothing taken off. So my dad ended up coming to Manchester and we was driving down Deansgate the other day because it was his birthday. So we went out with Cobby and him and just went to Peach Street Kitchen for some dinner. And he was like, you know, Jordan, Manchester's changed so much. Like when I came here in the eighties, all of Deansgate were car mechanics. Nobody lived in town. People just used to come to work. And then as soon as work's finished on a Friday, bam, there's nobody in town. Um, yeah, crazy. But then I was, and, and then we kind of like spoke about music because I'm, I'm massively into my music. And like the eighties, especially is an era that I just wish, even like the eighties, early nineties, I wish I was there, man. 
What's it like? <laughs> so I was like, Dad, did you ever go to Hacienda? He said, Yep. I was like, Wow. Honestly, yes, Felix my, went to Hacienda. My dad has no gone way. To Hacienda. No I was way. like, no, I don't know where I get it from. <laughs> but why have I got no dance moves? I can't dance to anything, but I love music so much. Um, but I think um, like, as you get older as well, as I get older, like those little moments, you know, when you're just speaking to your parents and you can, and, and they give you that kind of information, I'll take that with me forever. So, yeah. you know, it, it kind of, whenever I get the chance to come to Manchester, I really, you know what I mean? I love to, to connect with my family, but it was a nice little story, man. Did you, anyone And did you guys go to Hacienda? I went, of yeah. Did you? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. It's amazing. No so phones good. in the hand. No, no, not at all. We didn't nah. have phones then. Yeah. No. Sometimes every, every now and again, you'll see clips of people dancing uh, at raves like back in the day and you'll just see people just enjoying, man. Exactly. Yeah. Now, like, it's so cringy. I know. People don't, not even dancing, just like that. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing, yo? Yeah. <laughs> when I'm, when I'm out and about, I'm not, do you know what I mean? I don't have nothing, I don't have nothing to show for, you know what I mean? Nothing proves where I've been, but I know I've had a good time. You're like, that's how it should be, but pff, I don't know, man. People, the, the way that the world is now, people want to, show how much of a good time they're having or show everything that they've got rather than genuinely just having a good time and creating memories, you know? It's mm. a bit peak, but I guess that's the way that the the whole, every industry has been changed by the mobile device on it. So mm. I guess that like, there's, all, there's always going to be a next best place or this place is popping, da, 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 rather than people just enjoying the moment. It's like, mm. but that's kind of like how I see life in it. There's always going to be something else popping off elsewhere, but unless you're just there and just living it with the right people around you, I mean, that's enough. You don't have to try and chase whatever's whatever's popping because there's always going to be something else like going on because there's a lot of people in the world, you know. Mm. But do you feel that you can live in the moment because your life is, I mean, I know, we're, we're talking here about, aren't we, about social media, literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people seem to want to show their lives in those moments and social media yeah, rather than yeah, being yeah. in the moments. So I, think, it for I you? think it's something I've definitely had to work on. Um, like working in the industry that I do and like how my career is kind of, I kind of like learned my career on the job and how I document things has like changed like now I kind of really worked on separating like work to life balance so like I'll do my work and then when it comes to a weekend I'm not working I'm chilling I'm kind of just like navigated and like created my um created my life like that mm. you know you must see lots of people who just can't separate it you know who are in the public eye yeah, and yeah, who have got sure. that social media platform yeah yeah for sure I think even myself like I struggled like a lot like it was affecting how I was when I was coming home around my family because I'm because I'm I'm very it, like I'm picking my phone up and I've got stuff to do, like my relationships like with my friends I didn't really make time for my friends much and then it gets to a certain point where it's like it can drive you crazy if you don't have that separation. So when I learned that like my life really I started like making more time for people. I became more relaxed. You know what I mean? I realized that it like like an email's not going anywhere, a clients not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And then when I when I did that, like quality of life seemed to get so much better just really started to enjoy it a lot more. And mm -hmm. I think that, like people that I spend time with could notice that as well. Cause even my family was like, Jordan, you like so more relaxed. And I was like, yeah, because I work hard, but also you got to have that work-life balance. Cause like, like what, we're not just here to just work, 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 work. It's about sharing experiences and being present in the moment with the people that you love at the end of the day. Like life is about people. So what made the change? Was it Danny? This, this, this man right here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I kind of, when, when we first met, I was in a massive rut really because like throughout my whole life, I'm 28 now since I've been like 20 years old, I've always been working towards just experiencing career success um, and thinking I need to get to this finish line. But then I realised like that finish line doesn't exist. There's so many different components of life, which Danny kind of opened up to me. Like you need to, be fulfilled in all of them to feel complete as a human when throughout my whole life I was like I just need to 
work X, Y, Z and do this and do this and do this and they'll be happy. And then I realised that I didn't kind of plan after that when I kind of hit it. So I think like my goals in terms of what I wanted to achieve from life and how I wanted to have fulfilment inside and find happiness was going to come from in here, not Mm. anything external that I was going to find in this place, this place, this place, or working with this brand, this brand. And I think Danny, you really like helped me with that. And that changed my life. Like that initial conversation, like there's a few moments in my life that I remember. And um, that definitely, definitely changed my life, you know? Thank you. (laughs) It's funny when we met because your dad, uh, who we've mentioned before, Felix, he called me. And I remember, I remember the day actually I was in London I was going between clients mm-hmm. and he called me and said, oh, um, my son would like to meet you. And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. What, what's he doing? He goes, oh, he's in business. And it's interesting how your mind kind of creates ideas because I had this image mm. of you being in this suit in this office. Did you? And, yeah, in business. <laughs> and yeah. then you messaged me on WhatsApp and, and I saw the, your profile pic. Well, it, was <laughs> <laughs> it was you in New York, like on a, a model, a fashion shoot. Uh, and I thought, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. And I thought maybe it was just on holiday or something like that. I still had this idea of yeah. you in the office. Yeah. But it's interesting that you, like now I find out that you actually did start in an office. I did, yeah. So can you, can you take our listeners back to that time? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And sure. how you ended up where you are from that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I used to love business studies, accounting. That's what I studied at college. Um, and then when I went to university, I've had a, had a massive sporting background. I played a lot of football, so I decided to do sports management at uni. And when I finished uni, I couldn't really find a job in sport at all. In fact, I did get offered one job, and I was telling my mum about this the other day. I got offered a job at Manchester City wow. as a business development manager. Wow. They said to me, Jordan, we can't fill our stadium. We need you to work and get businesses in to take our boxes. I said, I'm sorry, guys. It's just against what I'm <laughs> United. I didn't actually take that job. Um, I think it's still you know how they job. tried to sell it to me actually a bit, bit off tangent but they ch- but like they was like yeah you, I, can't, I think the manager at the time was like Mancini was like yeah you can call Mancini with a click of a button <laughs> but yeah that was the only job in sport that I could get and I didn't take it I ended up the main reason I didn't take it is I got offered more money at AJ Bell um, who are an investment services company enjoyed it because I really the thing is about me I really like to get my teeth stuck into something do you know what I mean? I, I always had in my head that success. I don't know what it was, whether it was the TV that I watched or my friend's parents like looking at them and seeing them having professional. I always thought that that was the ultimate success. You're working in an office, you're a businessman, you're wearing a suit every day. Like that's just what, I don't know. That's just what my brain learned. I don't know where it came from. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. You know, that's why I chose it over everything else. And it was amazing. You know, like I learned a lot of skills in terms of teamwork, like I really learned the industry. I liked numbers anyway. So, and I did that for, I worked for a couple of different companies. Um, the first one was in Sheffield for Aviva. I was driving there four hours every day to get there and back. And then I got one in Manchester, so it's closer. And I don't know, I don't know what it was. I just didn't feel like this was my destiny forever. And my partner at the time, she was at uni and she asked me to do a bit of modeling for her magazine or whatever. Um, she was creating like a magazine for a dissertation. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Did it. And then I uploaded the pictures to my Instagram. It's like, tw- this is like 2012 or something. And um, just started uploading them. And then I got a message off a modeling agent. Like, oh, we see potentially in you. Do you want to, would you be interested in signing? So anyways, I ended up signing for them. And I didn't have no photos of me really. So I'd like to sign for them, but I was still working in the office. And then at that point I was like, you know what? I, I feel like that. I don't know what it was. I just really... Felt like that was what I wanted to do. So I kind of got to the point where I couldn't attend shoots 
and do my job at the same time. Like I had my laptop, like sending photos to my agent on the desk. I was getting headaches <laughs> and that. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this modeling and then see, see what happens. So I kind of like did that. And then I think there was a period of like 12 months or 18 months where I just didn't have, I didn't have no income whatsoever. Like I, I remember I got a job at Slug and Lettuce just so I could put petrol in my car to get to castings. And then lo and behold, one day we was in, we was in Ghana actually. Something always happens when, when me and Cobby go to Ghana. Like always, it's mm. crazy. And I got a call saying, oh, like you've got a job for JD and we was just buzzing. And then from then it kind of just like snowballed. But I think that initial jump was just kind of, I don't know, I just felt like it. I, I just felt like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm quite young. I'm in a fortunate position where, you know what I mean? And my parents, I can live there, da, da, da. So I might as well just take the jump and, and see what happens. And luckily it paid off, you know. So, yeah. what, do you, what do you think it was? Like there's millions of people that sit in offices and are happy in that life. Yeah. What was it about you that felt like there was something more? I've always, but even when I was 18 years old, like I've, I've always wanted to put myself out of my comfort zone, you know, always. Like when I was 18, I wanted to go and move to Newcastle to be at uni just because I'd lived and done Manchester. So, so I think I've like, when I went there and networked with people and saw that there's like a bigger world out there, I think I just kind of adopted that strategy and every step of my life that I reached, I always just kind of applied that and it's kind of done me well so far. So I think in terms of like being exposed to the world and people, because like so many people got so many different experiences, but you're only going to meet them if you if you're out, outside, you know, so I like to be outside, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, it seems like you're a really open person, open to opportunities. And what it's interesting, I think, that we see so much now in young people, don't we, where, you know, we did a podcast with a woman called Dr. Lisa Miller, and she's incredible. And she was yeah. saying that, you know, we, we're in a society now where we think we can order our lives on Amazon. So young people... Um, often believe that they don't have to put the graft in, they don't have to hustle, they can get... Because they, they see, for example, you mm. on social media and they want to be you. Mm -hmm. But what they don't see is the story behind that, yeah, where yeah. you've literally done all the hard yards, you've done the... You know, you've you've gone for 18 months with virtually no money, you've literally, worked in Slug and Lettuce. I had, I had for, for a good few years, like minus £6,000. <laughs> literally, like, I, 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 was, I was working a bit in Manchester. Every time I got a bit of money, I'd go to LA to try and model like try and live there, like book one job and then come back and it'd raise my profile a little bit more. So I'd work more in Manchester and I'd do it again. But no one, no one sees that. Like no one sees like me going to an event and networking and saying, oh, I do this. You just see the end products on a photo, like on, on Instagram. But at the end of the day, like it is a full on like business. Mm -hmm. And like a, you kind of look like represent yourself wherever you go. So I feel like the more rooms that you're in, the more that you invest in. I've always tried to invest in myself, you know? You just got to really... Um, just soak everything out. I always try to soak everything in from every situation and I've managed to um, create a career for myself. Okay? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Your dad yeah, thinks man. you're a businessman now anyway. He told yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he's in yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. I've got, 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 a few, got a few businesses going on and I think yeah. that's what, what's, what's nice as well as what people don't, people don't really see is like, it's hard because a lot of influencers will like live and you kind of just live day to day. You kind of like life happens to you. Oh, job comes in, cool. But everything I do is like, everything's planned. Like I, I've got, Let's say I've got my social media, I've got little niches that I hit, which is how a business works, right? But then I also, I'm an investor, I'm a developer, so I've got a few different things going on. But I think that business mindset stems from me working in the office and being in a professional environment and talking to these professional people, you know? Mm. What I find interesting is the fact that you've built 
different pillars in your life, haven't you? Mm. So, and absolutely, the stuff you will have learned in the office as that open young person will have stood you in good stead. It's helped you build your own brand and your businesses. Mm. And I think it's good advice. I mean, Gary Neville always said that when he was playing football, Mm -hmm. the rest of the players would go and play FIFA or whatever in the afternoon. He was learning how to set up an M&E business. He said, you know, he got into property development. Yeah, he did, yeah. And so how important is it as a successful person to to have those different pillars and those different things in different pockets? He didn't learn Spanish though, did he? He didn't learn Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) What was that word that he said? No. I can't remember. (laughs) That interview is funny. Um, in, t- in terms of the different pillars, um, I think it's super important. I think what I've learned is, and I kind of touched on this before, is there's not just one way that you'll be successful. Uh, I think, Dan, you gave me this analogy, like life's like a department store, right? So you've got loads of different departments. Like you can have one that's doing really well, but if for some reason you can't get any stock of that, you need your other departments to be to be working in the background. And I think like that's what I've always thought. You, you've got to try and think long-term. And I think, you know, working on different pillars as much as you can is, is going gonna, is gonna to help with that, you know? Mm. Danny, do not tell me about the department store. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great analogy. It is so true. And um, Danny's dad also, we, we've had him on the podcast, is amazing. And he said, don't claim the highs, don't claim the lows. But it's about that perspective, isn't it? As you say, it's almost like future-proofing you as a person from a business point of view, but also from a, a personal journey point of view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you see it all the time, like people who have like football industry or da-da, you only got a short career. So, mm. you, you know, you have to think for the... How I see it is like, if I think for the future now, in my everyday life, I'm going to feel less pressure because I can enjoy the moment a lot more. But when things are going well and you, you're not thinking to the future, when it all stops, you're going to be in a big rut. And I don't want to get to that point because I'm really just trying to develop and, do you know what I mean? Think to the future so that I've got a clear head. And when it comes to the point where I'm not doing what I'm doing anymore, like right now, I've got something in the background set up that takes that pressure off. Plus I've got my other goals of different, how I want to develop my career as well, you know? Because you you don't want to be, I don't know, 38 in in the same position that you was in when you was 28, for instance, because... You want to you want to level up. You want to develop. You want to you want to develop and grow. And to do that, you need the financial stability. You know. I've read that you said that you plan in decades, which I was like, wow, blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, for how, sure. How do you do that? What do you um, do? I guess it's just being in tune with who I am, what I want to achieve in the long term, um, what I enjoy to do, and also like because I know, like me as Jordan Haynes, influencer, there's there's a, there's, a, there's a lifespan of what I'm doing, right? So. What does Jordan want to do after that? And why does Jordan want to do that after that? You know? So I feel like I know where I want to go, but also I'm still in that. That lifespan is still there. So I'm enjoying it in the in the meantime. And I think like my clients see that, feel like that's maybe why I go on a lot of trips because I just am enjoying it. Like life's amazing, you know? But when I say I'm planning in decades, it doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying the moment. I'm just think it's nice for me in my head. It's nice to know that I know that I want to fashion design. You know, that I know that I want to start producing music, but I'm not in a rush to do it because my time's filled right now, but I know that's where I want to go. And I feel like property has been a really positive thing for me. It's been a positive industry for me to go into because it is slow and it teaches you patience and it's not fast. You know what I mean? So I feel like you you have to slow down to speed up. 
So that's what that taught me. And I think that helps me to plan for the future because for instance, like I've got work booked in for the next two years and property, but I already know what I want to do after that already. And that kind of just transpires for my own career development as well. Like I know what I'm doing right now, but I know what I want to do in the next five years. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like it, it's a nice thing to know, but it's also a super rare thing because it's not always been like this. It, 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 there was a moment where everything clicked, but there was a moment, you know, when I quit my job and I didn't even know what I was doing, where I didn't, even, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I went through low, I've had, the amount of jobs I've had, you won't even believe you. <laughs> I've worked in a hospitality village hotel. I've worked in a carpet shop. I've worked for GoPro. I've sold TVs. You know what I mean? I've, 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 I've done sales. I've, I've done literally every job you can imagine. And, and during that, I'm like, you know what? I don't even know. I don't even know what I want to do, yo, but I'm, I'm going to try a load of things. And then the most things that you I've enjoyed, I kind of just like merged into one and, and, and started doing it. But it's not always been like that. So that's why I feel super appreciative now that the penny did drop and it did click. I don't know. When I come back to Manchester, I see it a lot because a lot of my friends, bless them, love them. But unless it, it's very easy to, live the life that is kind of set out for you and be like limited to where you are and never leave where you've grown up in a sense. I feel like there's just a big worldwide out there and I always wanted, and no one even told me to, I always wanted to try everything. And then from that, that's how what's got me to the point now, which is amazing. I know where I want to go, but also in the process of getting that, knowing where I'm going and that clarity of who I am and, and, and what I want to achieve, the byproduct of that is, Sometimes I'm, maybe I'm not the best at developing relationships in a sense because that's what I've kind of been focused on. So that's just other things that I'm learning now because Dan, you said, right, if one of your departments excel is excelling and you put so much energy into that, the level of a different department is like that and they fluctuate. So it's kind of just getting a balance of all of them. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But in terms of like who I am and what I was put on this earth to do, I know that the penny's dropped and it's, it's, a, it's a very nice feeling for sure. What impact do you think uh, your dad's dad sending him over here from Ghana to Manchester? Mm -hmm. What impact do you think that's had on you and your desire to travel and learn new things and yeah, grow? And I think even my earliest memories of my dad, he's always been like, he's, he's a go-getter, you know? He's a go-getter. Like he'll create something from nothing and it's all about developing relationships with people and working hard and being able to put food on the table because that's essentially what he had to do. His dad sent it me. He didn't have no, he was sleeping on the floor. Like, do you know what I mean? He didn't have anything so everything that my dad's created for himself he literally created in 1984 I think it was when he moved to Manchester because he had nothing so I think that determination and creating something from nothing is something that was instilled into my dad and every conversation that I've had with him as early as I can remember he's always told me that um and he's always been an advocate of of traveling he travels a lot and do you know what I mean he, he's doing his thing so I think that's where it um that's where it came from really I think it takes uh, it takes courage, doesn't it, to step outside of your box and, and mm. want it and want something more. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners who might be sitting there now thinking, "Oh, like I've got this dream in my heart that mm -hmm. I really want, but oh, I don't know, I might not get the money." Like, what what would you advise them? Um, I would just say literally try everything, and also like it naturally is a scary thing when you're working for someone and you're like, "Right, this is me." You know what you're doing. Da da da. When you get that little bit of space, like when you create an environment where you've got that little bit of space, it's a scary thing because you're kind of on your own time then. But my, my advice would be, don't be scared. Just go and, do you know what I mean? Go and, go and get it, man. It's your time. Nothing to be scared of because this is, that that is God and the world creating that little pocket of space for you to go and find out who you are. 
that's so right, isn't it? I mean, people are scared of space. Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah. we fill our lives with stuff, don't we? And whether that's addictive stuff, alcohol, sugar, whatever, or or stuff. I went through a period of my when I started working with Danny, and I come out of a an awful relationship, and I was filling my life with busyness. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'm like you. I will. I'm always looking for the next thing in a good way, in a mm-hmm. creative way, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm intrigued and curious about what life's going to show me next. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just too to replace that space with stuff and you're yeah. right when you create the space it is a it does take courage yeah yeah because you just you've not got the answers in there have you but nah. you're never going to find the answers unless you yeah you do that for yourself all of a sudden it just clicks like this went on for yeah. years i was going from job to job <laughs> to job to job to month to month to debt to debt to going to la thinking what the hell like mm. what the hell am i doing you know yeah. 23 years old i'm not making no money here. I'm, I'm like trying to chase something that you know what i mean but from the outside looking in it looked like i was smashing it yeah you know? exactly because of social media it looked like yeah. people were comments saying oh you're absolutely smashing it. it's like fam i ain't got no money <laughs> 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 no, what you did have you weren't doing those things just for the cameras were you what comes across from you so much is like deep gratitude everything you've said i think your dad's made you help you to feel that gratitude but everything you talk about you're saying i see the opportunity in it there's a reason for me doing this yeah and, and it's a difficult thing even like even like now because like now i've probably got more time than i've ever had and dan we spoke about this as well just in terms of like how like everything's very fashion focused so it's kind of like seasonal so i'll go to like fashion week and then i don't kind of run my instagram like day to day like i did now and also my property company is like i've got people that look after the day-to-day Manchester's probably got more time than I ever have now. And I, even though I know where I want to go, like it's still a scary thing because I'm kind of applying the same concept again, what I did when I was in the office going into being a model. And it, it's still scary every time, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a proven, what's the word? It's a proven, formula. proven formula. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it, do you know what I mean? It's still, it's still scary. I don't know if that made any sense, but. Mm. Yeah. I think you know because I mean? your comfort zone, you keep going out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah wherever yeah. you're at, if you keep going out, it makes you uncomfortable and yeah. scary. And, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's a not, it's a super normal feeling though. I think. Yeah. Definitely. What about uh, dating? We were speaking about dating before. before we was. This. Yeah. yeah. How, how's that with your comfort zone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I think I'll be, <laughs> I've been in and out of a relationship for two years, which is it's flown by, to be honest with you. So like, obviously back in the game now. But, um, <laughs> what, you want to talk about right? Yeah, why not? Okay, so you were speaking about how the um, property market is and that business has mm-hmm. been slow and it's helped you that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we mentioned about Ray, it's like so fast and you're, you're a big hit on Ray, aren't you? I don't I, how do you manage that? <laughs> I don't know what my what my conversion is, but it seems to be going all right. But it's crazy. What I was saying to Dan as well is that um, everything, it's just, I feel like the way that the world is going, everything's just so readily like now. It's, mm. it's and, and, and that for the brain is toxic because especially if, if you're growing up, pa- learning patience is a skill in itself. But I feel like with the way that, businesses are becoming successful now it's becoming successful by making things convenient and getting things now yeah. when people don't get things now they get stuck in a rut but really the actual art to life what i think anyway is patience you know what i mean things take time mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be easy it's not supposed to come quickly but yeah raya man coming back to that <laughs> it's very quick you see somebody <laughs> like you tap like and bam they're there you know um, but we were speaking about whether it's 
we were speaking about if it's a natural way to meet people. And I was saying it's crazy because London's a big place. I'll go to a lot of places, but maybe I'll not see many people that'll be like, oh, I really want to go and talk to you. But Raya kind of like opens that door. But obviously the initial conversation is like, a, like you said, a 2D image. Yeah. So it was kind of saying, do you think that affects the relationship going forward? I mean, what, what do you think? Well, when I tried online dating, every man either had a big fish in his hand, a pine or, it, or a bike. And that was it. So I gave up very quickly and I w I'm more of the organic approach. Yeah, yeah, but me I too. I, through working with Danny, I needed to have that relationship with myself, first of all, mm. because I was attracting the wrong people into my life and mm. I would never attract those people into my life anymore. But I, I found love for myself and yeah. the space and I was, I was brave enough to have that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing that Danny taught me um, he said to me one day, everything you need, you have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but I don't. I need validation or I need more of this. And I don't mean material stuff. It wasn't that. Um, and then about a year later, I kind of was walking down a street and I thought, everything I need to have. Mm. And then that's it. that's an amazing place. It's also, um, in a way, is I'm kind of probably not willing to create the space to go out of my comfort zone to to explore those relationships again. Yeah. So I think, so for me, online dating, no, I couldn't be bothered having to chat to people online. It's, I'm yeah. too busy. Yeah, no, I know. And and I've never, this is the first time I've ever joined one and I'm I'm not really one for texting. Like I will connect and then I'm like, oh, like, like let's hang out pretty much straight away. Mm. And then, you know I mean? At, at least if I meet them for a coffee, I'll know. And then if, if, if there's nothing there, we don't have to speak again. But. Are you concerned, you got, you're in the public eye. Mm. Does that concern you that people might want to have, you know, be associated with you for the wrong reasons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's just something that you can only gauge with energy, really. Or mm. you can kind of tell, I feel like the way that people present themselves, there ain't no hiding these days. <laughs> I kind of know the way that you post or, do you know what I mean? I can kind of yeah. tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can yeah. kind of, you can tell, man. You can tell what people are about. So I think like that judgment call is something I'm, I'm quite good at, 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 at gauging situations, I'd like to think anyway. I just always have been naturally so. Um, but I, it definitely makes you makes me very wary. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to get with anyone that I don't. If it's not something that blows me away, I'm not going to get myself into it. You know, mm. especially at this point. Patience. So yeah, you've got to have patience. What's can the we, rush? Can man? we come to the wedding? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, I want to get married. Anyway, Lisa, I think uh, you need to start making space for yourself. I want you. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Come on, what are you waiting for? Oh, this is not about me. <laughs> that can be in my uh, vision board But, but the, way, the way that I see it is I'm not trying to think too deeply into it. I'm just trying to have fun. And then if something materializes from that, brilliant. But the first and foremost is about me, me, me having fun, not overthinking it. Like one of my boys was in a difficult relationship. <clears throat> he was in a relationship and um, it wasn't great. And that scared him. That like the experience that he had, like they had issues with like, I don't know, my like, a few issues or whatever and he didn't like really communicate his way around it and it built up built up built up built up and then they finally broke up and then he was like oh, i can't do that again and like now he's like super like scared like he will meet a girl for the first time he's like oh what if she wants a relationship but like first and foremost just like don't overthink it just have fun and if something materializes amazing but don't be think like don't be doubting yourself in the back of your head because then you're not going to be living in the moment you know mm -hmm. you got to really live in the moment and that's when beautiful things happen mm -hmm. So he kind of, he does do that now, but like every so often he, he would have seen a girl twice and he'd be like, oh, like, oh, it's going to end badly. That's about, what do you mean it's going to end badly? You've met this person twice, just enjoy yourself, man. You know what I mean? You never know what can happen. So and I think if you... Is love one of those pillars for you then? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. I think 
like I said before, life is about relationships and the people that you've got around you. So it's something that we spoke about this recently, didn't we? It's something that I, I definitely, definitely want, but it has to be with the right person. Mm. I think you can love someone, but it, it's not the right person. And a byproduct of that is that it can be draining for you, draining in a way that you can't see it at the time until you step away from it. And then you're like, wow, mm. flipping heck. But like when you're in it and you're in that situation, you can't, you can't see it because you, you just see the person that you love. So I think like it needs to be with the right person and the choosing the right person only comes with experience. So, you know, I mean, if you, if you meet someone and it doesn't go right, like that's fine because it, you, you learn from it. So I think that you are kind of trying to adopt that strategy. Like when things go wrong, that's a good thing because you only learn when things go wrong, right? Mm. So that's the same thing with relationships. You're only going to learn about A, what you need, B, how you need to be and B, what you need to receive from another person before you'll know what's right. And you can only do that through experience. And it's the same thing with work, right? You're only going to know that you don't like to do something through doing a job and not knowing and, and thinking, oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing about relationships open, and everything. Open, yeah, 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 yeah. Open, not closed, yeah. And you learn how to communicate better. Do you know what I mean? One thing with me, what we spoke about is like, sometimes I will, I'm, I've been a perfectionist in the past. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a perfectionist now because I know life's not perfect. So it's not supposed to be perfect. But I think for me, I've always try to diffuse a situation or if some if something how do I explain it now how do I explain it if something wasn't let's say I had an issue rather than address the issue I would I would kind of just like bottle it up and like just suck it up and pretend like it didn't matter to kind of step away from conflict to try and stop conflict from happening but what I've learned is that if I feel something in the moment like I'm with that bottle and the bottle's done something that has annoyed me. Instead of me saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say what's annoyed me because hopefully it'll go away in the future. I'm going to communicate that right now. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like conflict, if, you, if you're with a person that communi- can communicate and isn't going to get on your case for it, then that's fine because that's the only way that you're going to work, work out how to resolve conflict together, you know? Yeah. I think uh, what you're saying is really key for a lot of people because they do what, you, what you're saying and it's like they bury the small things. Yeah. And, and you think that the other person isn't picking up on the fact that you're burying it. Yeah. But of course they do because energetically you change. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's great advice for all of our listeners and, 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 I and think everyone. When you let the small things build up as well, it actually makes you resent the person. And then before you know it, you don't care, but you do care still. And then by the time it's too late, you've been, oh my God, I actually acted like that. But, it's, but at the time you can't even see it. It's such a strange, it's a strange mm-hmm. feeling, strange feeling that I've never had before, but like uh, things just definitely do build up if you don't address them. So you just got to, even though if it's scary or it's awkward, you, you got to do it at the end of the day. And if they don't like it, well, then they're not the right person for you because at the end of the day, all you can do is communicate how you feel and how things make you feel and hope that they get listened to and you can talk through it. And if not, if they're just going to attack you because of that, then... It's time to keep it moving, you know. Speaking of love, we were we were speaking before, weren't we? And uh, Lisa mentioned oh. that you were on Love Island. I was, man. And yeah. four, um, there was some negative ago. press about you, and I'm like, well, yeah. no way! Like, what yeah, happened yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I was a completely different person at that point, mind, body, and soul. I think. You know what I mean? I kind of reached a point where I kind of like achieved everything that I wanted to achieve in modeling based on the model that I was. I was kind of like a like a fitness, like more bigger sportswear model. Mm-hmm. So I thought I need a challenge. So that's why I went on the show. And it, it, I was a fan of the show, massive fan of the show, but it wasn't, it like, it's not an accurate representation of you because they don't film it 24 hours a day. It really, really isn't. And like, even I remember the first conversation when I got in there at nighttime and it was like, oh, so what do you think about 
these two situations, I was like, mate, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not one of these people that's so involved in other people's business. Do you know what I mean? But that's kind of how the show works. So you kind of adapt to that. And then before you know it, you kind of have an opinion on things that in real life, I wouldn't really care about because I'm out here living my own life. But that's the world that I entered. But happy that it took me to another place. The byproducts of it was that maybe I'll get some bad press. But at the end of the day, the people that know me closest and people that are around me know who I am. And I kind of took that. And to be honest with you, like, I feel like I've never watched it back or anything like that. But luckily, I think looking back, I was a completely different person than A. But also B, that's really helps me on my journey to realising who I am and what I was set out to be. Mm -hmm. Plus it gave me the exposure to be able to do what I do now. And like now, the feedback that I get is like, literally like, your transformation's been amazing. Like, like your evolution, like even someone last night, like your evolution, the guy who was pouring the drinks actually, Monkey House was like, <laughs> your evolution, like been crazy and da da da. So I feel like it was supposed to happen because maybe yeah. showing people that it's all right to grow. You know what I mean? It's all right to do things that maybe aren't aligned with what you're doing because I, I wouldn't be, if I didn't have the platform that I've got now, I wouldn't be, do you know what I mean? Get, getting all, getting these type of jobs that I'm getting now, so. Gratitude again. Yeah, yeah, gotta be, man. But I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I spoke to um, recently Davina DeCampo. I've got another podcast called We Built the City about Mancunians and they were on RuPaul's Drag Race mm -hmm. and said that the same thing, that there were optics applied to producing TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you feel, you know, did you just feel grateful for the opportunity or did you feel kind of angry about those optics or the way that you'd been Not positioned? No, I wouldn't say I felt angry, but at the end of the day, I, you know how I saw it? I was in there to do a job. Yeah. I knew what I, want, what I needed to get out of it. So you have to play the game in order to do it. Let's keep it real. Mm. You know what I mean, if I, if I would have pretended like I didn't care about certain things or I didn't play the game, like, which is the process and which is the strategy for how the show works, then I wouldn't have been in there that long. Yeah. And if I wasn't in there that long, I wouldn't have had the platform to go and do what I want to do. So you kind of just accept it at a certain point like I just need to play this game and then you know what I mean but like also it's kind of a it's a lucky dip because you're hoping that you're going to go in there and connect with someone but if that doesn't happen then what do you do what am I going to do mm. do you know what I mean I don't know it's, 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 How was it's it? a weird did you, one. did you have any connections with people in there yeah yeah but I'd say very surface level mm. you know because at the end of the day you, you Tommy and Molly amazing like they actually just found each other but you know, I'm in there with what 10 girls on the whole world. <laughs> Does like actually deep the actual, like the situation that you created, 10 girls in the whole world. Obviously it's forced. Like I didn't, no, do you know what I mean? It, like looking back, there was just absolutely nothing there. But one thing that I did do that I had a great time, I made some like really good friends off it and it was some of the funny, like, I mean, it's a happy memory that I've got, but in terms of like what the actual show's about, it didn't, you know what I mean? And how has um, criticism affected you in any way? I mean, you, you're in the public eye, you're yeah, going to get yeah. people's opinions. I mean, does, that, does it bother you at all? Listen, I, I love it because when people are talking shit about you, it means you're doing something right. Yeah. No one that's successful doesn't have shit talked about them. And if people stop talking shit, then you're doing something wrong. That's how I see it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what I'm about. Anyone that says anything, oh, you're gay, da, 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 I don't care. Because mm -hmm. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. That's enough for me. So it is what it is, you know what I mean? And, and also like, it, it's, it's if you actually deep it, like someone's like seeing how you are, picking the phone up and typing something about you. I would never, I, I just try and think, what headspace are you in to even do that? I would never think to do that. Maybe, maybe you know what I mean? I'm human. Maybe a certain thing will cross through my mind at some point. I'm not going to pick my phone up and try and project it on someone else because that just means that I'm insecure. Mm. So if you think, I try and think about it from someone else's perspective, like just people just project their own insecurities onto other things. 
know what I mean? And also like, what? I don't know, man. If you look, I don't care what anyone says about me. I've always <laughs> had that mindset. I literally could not care less. What it is, what it is. People are going to talk shit. Look at, look at Kim K. What is she? The most successful businesswoman ever. So many people talk shit about her. I think she cares. No. People talking shit. It's a good thing, I think. <laughs> that's what I'm saying I always try I always try to spin it into a positive yeah I'm just thinking about that because somebody said something really horrible about me last week and I found out and I just thought you know that is your shit not my shit but before I was working with Danny I would have been so upset yeah, by yeah, that yeah, I would have yeah, checked yeah. in with everyone to see if that was who I am because yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's really interesting though because like stuff like that it does have an impact you yeah. know a lot of footballers I work with they don't they don't look at social media yeah um, but they still hear about it through their mates. The mate or friend will say, oh, did you see that on yeah, social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's really good that you're connected to who you are and yeah. it doesn't have a big impact. But I think, you know, what you're saying, people need to have a look at themselves and think about what it, they're saying about other people. Insecurity, isn't it? And sometimes I'll, I, I like to look in it. It, it, it. To be fair, when I do things now, like, I do get a lot of positive comments, which makes me feel, it makes me feel really good. And when people take the time out to message me a really like personal message, it's great. But like sometimes I'll go through comments and I'll look on the profile and I think like, what, what, what are you doing with your life, man? Like, I think even Eddie Hearn did a interview recently and some guy be calling him like, four, I think some guy called him like 40 times in a day. He picked the phone up and said, Mate, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing right now? Like, like, I mean, people are actually taking time out of their day. Like, I feel sorry for the people that are doing that. Yeah, because again, they're just projecting their insecurity. Like, if you if you spent that that energy on in your own life, then it, maybe you'd be doing the same thing what I'm doing. It's yeah. just jealousy, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people that, that are just hating are just jealous. Mm-hmm. So once once I got that in, I got that mindset, which was pretty quick. I realise that the more people that are, the more more people are commenting and making me more money, so keep the hate coming. <laughs> bring it because I like money. And I'm going to be successful, and I I know that there's a process to what I'm doing. So no, you don't no need. When I started posting fashion, no one understood what I was doing. Mm. It was like, what is this guy doing? Engagements dropping, da 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 da. But now that I'm working, I'm going on a trip with Tom Ford, working with John Paul Gaultier, Fendi. Now it's like, oh yeah, it's popping. But it wasn't always like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even when I when I when I left the office and I was going into modeling, my family was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like people ain't got to understand because I know I know what it's what's going to come at the end of it. So it's the same thing with when you're getting hate. People can hate based on what posts you're doing, but they they don't understand until mm. it's too late, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, it's popping now." Mm. People don't like change, so do you know what I mean? In terms of that transformation, um, was that a deliberate career decision or was it like a certain point in your life where it was just self-expression? Did it just... Yeah, yeah. So I think just self-expression. Like, yeah. like I said, I was modelling for like, what, three, four years before it. So I was always in and around environments that we was creating shoots, uh, art direction, photography, styling, lighting, everything. Um, and then when I got the platform, I started like, I was already interested in fashion anyway. Mm. I've always been since I was a young kid. I remember my brother bought me my first pair of nights when I was like 10. So when I got my, my platform, I just started naturally just buying clothes, putting fits together, using my skills that I've learned from modeling, shooting, da, da, da. And then I remember I was in Greece. I was in Mykonos on holiday and I got a call um, from ASOS and it was like, want you to do a worldwide campaign, like front, front cover all over the world. And I was like buzzing. So I was managing, there was a period where I managed myself as well. Did everything myself. Yeah, because I had a situation with a modeling agency. Long story. So anyway, yeah, when I did that, um, I got a message from like a like this um, fashion agency called the Pause Agency, who are my agents now. And like these guys like only look after like diverse talents like all around the world. And they've never, ever, ever picked anyone up from Love Island. I've been a fan of the magazine since 2012, one of the first accounts followed on Instagram. I never even thought that was in reach for me, especially because when I went on Love Island, I was like, right, my past set now. Just gonna have to make us. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when I got that, I was like, shit. 
Like, I, I owe it to myself and I owe it to these guys who've given the opportunity to really like just grab it with both hands now. So when I got that, I really st stopped getting drunk and enjoying the, because I did a lot of PAs and was just traveling around Dubai and da, da, da. I was like, right, I really owe it to myself and owe it to them to really put 100% into this now. So that's when I just really started to use my experience. And when I, when I got my teeth stuck into it, I loved it. Yo. It took two and a half years, three years, but lo and behold, it happened. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, so I thank you to my manager for that, but it's, I, I worked hard for it, you know? Do you manifest that then to some degree? I mean, that was the... I, it's an interesting thing because I, I love watching people. I love Conor McGregor when he talks about manifestation. So it's not something that I, I thought about, but maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, just... I think you definitely do. Yeah. Like, you you know, if you, you're thinking about 10-year blocks in your life, mm. there's a seed of it in your mind, isn't there? Mm. And, and manifestation, it's not always like you think this thing and it comes in this form, but if you've got that desire and then mm. you take whatever opportunity with both hands, then it's natural that it yeah. happens, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What, one of our other guests, uh, Lisa mentioned, she's called Dr. Lisa Miller. And mm -hmm. one of her favorite questions to ask people is, what is or what has been the most beautiful moment in your life? <sighs> oh, there's, there's so many. I think one of them was buying my mum a car. Like seeing, seeing my family's faces when I can do things like that makes me feel, feel the most fulfilled. One of them was the day I went to pick my dog up. Um, in terms of business, like buying my first property or even finishing my first property when I bought, because when I bought it, my budget, I spent like 70% over my budget just because I felt like the house was the right house and it was a hard two years because I was earning money, but I didn't have any. So getting that done, like the sense of satisfaction was great. And I think just in terms of like, when I experienced success in fashion week, because I always, you know how I always feel? I always feel like I, I always felt since I went in that show that I've had to prove myself. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it, that's been a hard, that's probably been one of my hardest mindset switches is like proving that I deserved to work in fashion because I'm from Love Island. I don't belong in that. Do you know what I mean? So I think like experiencing success in fashion week and getting invited to these shows and working with these brands um, is gives me like that that gives me a lot of happiness as well and do you feel yeah. like you deserve it now yeah mm. yeah yeah i do i do no i definitely do but you know, at a time do you know what i mean I, I know i know where i sit in the in the industry now but you know for a time it was kind of just you just kind of feel like you needed you need to prove yourself because there's some ways in that show that makes you unrespected especially in the fashion world because do you know what i mean because no one's really done in fact no one's done what i've done let's keep it real no one's done what i've done so um, yeah, I definitely felt like that in some in some sense. But now, yeah, switched, man. I've got to bat myself. Who's going to bat me? <laughs> I, I, there must be something. We've spoken a lot about your dad. And I noticed the first thing you say in terms of the most beautiful moment mm. was when you bought your mum a car. Mm. And I know that your mum, you live with your mum and she looked after you mm. for most of your early life. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to say about her? My mum is the strongest, most beautiful woman ever. I've never met anyone or known anyone so selfless like she would she's the type of person that would literally give up anything for herself for a family so she really taught me that from early that family value of like being empathetic and caring which at some points in my life hasn't really come as natural to me because I've always been like I know I need to be moving do this so she really did teach me that but yeah she's amazing man she's amazing I think she she taught me a lot of skills from early as well like we were very close when we was growing up like I remember we'd go to Asda and we'd say okay we've got 
£42 to spend. We can't spend a penny over and we'd add it up as we was going along. Da -da. She really did teach me a lot, you know. So for that, I'm super grateful for. So uh, like d being able to do things for her now is it like, makes me feel makes me feel great because she deserves it. She deserves it more than anyone. So, you know, just thinking about her, her being, her happiness is very important to me, you know. So her happiness makes you happy. happy. For sure. It gets to a certain point when like you experience success like as yourself. Yeah. And when I had nothing, when I had minus whatever it was, I was like, oh, as soon as I get this car up, oh, I can't wait, man. And then when that, like, when you get to a point where you can just do that, I always think, oh, I want that. Let me just go and get it. Like it starts to not feel as, it just has mm. to mean less naturally because mm. it becomes normal. As humans, we become accustomed to whatever we yeah. can do. So mm. very quickly, that's why people will, will achieve something and then they'll get depressed because they need to go and achieve something else. Like having gratitude is a thing that you have to learn. So like naturally when I had that more freedom to kind of do what I wanted, I started to realise like doing it for other people is way better because the things that I kind of feel normal now is not normal to other people. So seeing how that affects their mood and life, like when I bought my sister a car the other week, she, she cried her eyes out. You know what I mean? But like when I, if I did that now, it'd be like, yeah, no, it's cool. Like, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? But so seeing that effect that you can have in other people's life made me think, shit, Okay, so life's actually bigger than who I am and what I am. How can I apply that to my career and how can I affect people's lives in where my career is going to be in 10 years time, you know, the same way that I've learned how I can affect people's lives in my family on what I think is normal. So mm -hmm. it helped me to think a lot bigger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we talk about this a lot and it came from a conversation originally with Mo Gowda about... Um, success and happiness and a lot of people think they need success to make them happy mm. but it's actually the way around mm. and happiness brings success and then your definition of happiness or success there is about what you can do for other people as opposed to what you're doing for yourself yeah yeah because listen there's a there's a ceiling to it you can buy x y and z for yourself but at some point it's going to be like now what you know what i mean what you like even Kevin Hart says it all the time. It's like, mate, I don't want to make money if people around me aren't making money. I don't want to. I don't want to just do things for myself if people if I'm not doing things around things for people that are around me. Because what's the point at the end of the day? Like, it's very it's very self centered, and mm. I mean, life's about other people. So, they've actually uh, there's a lot more research come out recently how they they image the brain, and when people buy something from the, for themselves, it's a small part of the brain that lights up. But when someone buys something for someone else the happy part of your brain lights up like you wouldn't believe. Mm. So they're just proving exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about. And mm. you've spoken a lot today about relationships and it, that's what life's about, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like it can be, the world can be a very lonely place if you, if you, if you don't look after the people around you, you don't spend time nurturing them relationships and friendships. And do you know what I mean? It can be a very lonely place, especially if you're an entrepreneur as well. You're on your own time schedule. You know what I mean? You, I just don't know, I don't know. I've experienced loneliness in my life and that whenever I've felt that way, it's because I've been so focused on one thing, but you have to have a balance, man. Otherwise it doesn't work. The world doesn't work for me anyway. The departments. The departments. <laughs> Come on, Lisa, departments. I'm just like intrigued on what's going on in the lingerie department. <laughs> um, I've seen something that you put on one of your, your posts about that you feel like this is your purpose now. Mm -hmm. But I'm get, I feel from you that you've not even started in terms of where you, you know, you're 28, you've got all these ideas. Mm. Um, is purpose 
something more than the stuff that you're doing because it feels to me that you, when you talk you kind of you kind of gesticulate and here to heart or whatever so what you know what is your purpose you know when do you feel that you're on purpose I suppose um I feel like my per I feel like I'm here to learn mm. that's how I feel and I've only really that's been something I've discovered like quite recently which I think consciously anyway um so I think for me like I know what my passion is which is an amazing thing so that's helps me to realize my purpose because I know how I want to help people and how I how I've realized that life is like bigger than this being that I am so being able to um being able to demonstrate that through fashion is something that I want to do in terms of making people feel like they can express themselves without feeling guilty is something that I want to do so my purpose is being able to make people feel that way and make people feel how I feel every day when I put clothes on and I feel like there's a there's, there's a big gap Oh, there's brands that do it, but there's definitely a gap for people that kind of dress feminine or so that's something that, that I want to do. But in terms of like my purpose, I think it's just creating relationships and being able to communicate effectively with the people that I love. And that's something that I'm learning and that's something that I've got aptitude for. So something that I'm excited about when I'm talking about it, because yeah. I feel like I'm the more that the more time that I'm here on the earth, I'm learning a lot more. And that's what, what I I mean, you're in my time here, you know? <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can't believe you're only 28. It feels like you've lived about 100 lifetimes. Is it? Well, th th that's the, when, when I say to you, like, in, the past, in the past five years, I'm a completely different person because I was yeah. so, I didn't know anything about anything. I was kind of like shallow thinking. I was very like self-centered a few years ago. But like now I, I'm, I'm not. And I feel like I've got a good grasp on the world. And that's why I'm excited because I know that, I don't know. I'm just I'm just learning more and more and becoming more mature. So it's a, it, it feels good. You know what I mean? It feels good. I'm I'm spending time to to build my knowledge. And Dan, you, I wouldn't be here without you. You know, honestly, I swear to God, I wouldn't be here without you. So I'm just so super open to learning as much as I can, mm. and just bettering myself and being a better person. That's it. I feel um, like obviously like so grateful to hear that from you, but I. I've learned so much from you and I think really? our, all our listeners are going to see what an inspirational guy you are and, and there's so many lessons in what you say and for 28 if I think about how I was when I was 28 mm. god you've you've lived <laughs> <laughs> really yeah oh, thank you. That's but I um yeah I just want to say thanks for coming in today and and not having much sleep and having McDonald's for breakfast oh, and, <laughs> and still awesome. making it here and inspiring all, all yeah, of our yeah. listeners well, so well, thank well, you thanks for having me man Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to meet you. For sure. Danny, so that was such a brilliant conversation and I'm so glad that you suggested getting Jordan to come and chat to us. So um, what are your take-homes from that, would you say? I think there's so many, Lisa. Uh, the main one for me is that I've got this image of Jordan sitting in an office when he was 21, knowing that he's got a bigger purpose and something greater to do in life and trusting that inner knowledge and then putting himself out of his comfort zone to achieve everything that he's done so far. And what strikes me so much, and I came out after that conversation and I went to the United game and I was just thinking all the way that he made me feel grateful more grateful than I feel anyway, because he just oozes gratitude. And he, he clearly has done that from the moment that he was doing that job, knowing that really that wasn't for him, but being prepared to embrace everything that that 
opportunity was going to give him. So he wasn't hacked off that he was driving four hours to Sheffield and back to do that job. He knew it was supposed to be happening, that it was going to teach him something. Yeah, and I think what you're describing is incredible wisdom, really, isn't it? At such a young age. Gratitude's really important, Lisa. And this is something that Jordan has just come to intuitively because whatever feeling that you hold in your heart, it has a big impact on your whole being and how you come across in the world. And then that obviously impacts what happens next in the world. And and Jordan didn't speak about this in the conversation, but there's many things that are just happening to him now that it seems like they're coming out of nowhere, but I'm sure it's coming back to this inner feeling of gratitude that he's giving out into the world. It's the energy he's giving off. And even now, he's got real gratitude for where he is. And at the same time, he's still looking to what, what can he do next? How can he challenge himself next? And what can he create in the world? And he's also thinking about what can he give back? Because he's grateful for the impact of both parents who affected him in a really good way in different ways yeah and he said that he gets a lot of happiness out of helping other people and giving back which is great to hear and the other thing which is unusual for a young person is this view of uh, the importance of patience and we don't really get that everybody wants everything here and now and that's accelerated by media I suppose and advertising and but he really recognizes the importance of letting things come to you and creating that space and and working for stuff I think he said you know if if it's not supposed to be easy yeah I think um, we do have to mention though Lisa I agree with what you're saying but the other side is that he's quite enjoying the fact that he's getting a lot quite easy on the dating app that he's just joined as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah I forgot about that <laughs> well I think he said his conversion rate was good <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of Lobster Brain Lobster Brain will be back on the 25th of May with Dame Jessica Ennis Hill she's one of Great Britain's most successful athletes I can't wait for this conversation because I was a sprinter and a hurdler when I was up to being 21. But to have so many events that you've got to be good at, I can't even get my head around. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her about how she handled that pressure. I don't know how you kept that from our listeners for so long, Lisa. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in hearing about your sprinting and hurdling. You might be able to compare notes on technique. <laughs> don't think it was as fast. <laughs> But on, on a, I ran on, for Salford. Wow. <laughs> on, a, on a more serious note, um, I'm really looking forward to speaking to Jess about, she said that her biggest challenge in sport was her lack of self-confidence in the early days. And I, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that. In the meantime, please remember to follow this podcast and that way more people will get to hear about Lobster Brain and the next episode will drop into your feed as soon as it's ready.